Welcome to Sacred Rebels Podcast, where we discuss life after trauma as we question societal norms and shatter stigmas. Are you a woman who longs for a sense of community and understanding? Well, stick around. There is a seat for you here. This is your host, Tay. And co-host, Amy. And we're just two best friend millennial moms and entrepreneurs navigating life and motherhood while on a spiritual healing journey. We don't do surface level, and we're definitely not your typical moms, so let's dig deep. We plan to cover it all and take you behind the scenes as we share our personal experiences, learn more about the holistic side of healing, and introduce all the incredible humans we've met along the way. Join us as we share the good, the bad, and the ugly side of healing. We hope to help you step into your power. Thanks so much for listening. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Sacred Rebels. Tonight we have Phoebe here and Amy's going to introduce her after we do our big deep breath. Big deep breath. Let's start. Let's arrive here in this moment. We'll put one hand on the heart, one hand on the belly. The heart is the intuition. The gut is the wisdom. Take a big breath in through the nose. Slowly exhale. Let that shit go. So I'm so excited to introduce Phoebe from V1 Coaching, and we actually know each other because she was one of our first teachers here at Sacred Moon. She had first gotten oh, her yoga, that. yeah, she had first gotten her yoga teacher training, and our mutual friend Jill, who Jill is amazing. She's from Nourished Event. We talk about Jill all the time. She's going to be on the podcast very soon, and um, we so we just have a lot of mutual friends in the yoga community and the healing community. So. I'm so honored to hear about all the amazing thing that things that she's doing. Yeah. Thank you for having Super me. Excited. She and also we, pulled our card. Yeah. Yeah. So I pulled um, Bring It Into Form. And it's got water on it. It's a very beautiful card. I love that. What number is that? Number 41. 41. Yeah. Five. And so just a little bit about the card. Um, It says, now it is time to bring those possibilities of light into the world. And it's really funny. Phoebe actually means shining light. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's Greek. Um, And um, they need to live to manifest. The world needs not only your dreams, beautiful as they are, but also your creations. And then it says, you are being asked to honor yourself with a commitment to complete complete your inspired tasks. This will help you to grow, and that is a wonderful reason to commit. Um, so I really liked this card um, because, yeah. I'm to show it. I really liked it because... Um, So I started my business as a coaching business in 2018. And as I started it, I was also in grad school to be a therapist. And I knew that therapy was what I wanted to do. And so my business has definitely been like these different layers of like, first, we're going to do this. Then we're going to let it like transform into Mm. what it what it wants to be. Um, And so. I was also thinking when I was reading the card, um, so my mom, when I was a little kid, she was always say, Phoebe, you're going to do great things before I went to bed. And as a kid, the ego is very different. So I, I thought like, Oh, I'm going to be rich. Like that's what's going to happen. Um, 
but then now I became a social worker and I, yeah, not, <laughs> r- not rich, not rich at all, but doing great things. Yeah. Rich, yeah. rich spiritually. Yeah. Rich with life. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I wish she was right about the other thing, but, um, that's okay. And, um, I feel like I am doing great things and yeah. I feel like I'm going to continue to do those things and only like my counseling business now, I, I want it to be more and more and more with the intention of helping more and more people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed this card and yeah, that's a nice yeah, way to that. start. It is. It's a good little intro. I feel like so as a coach and like probably like you know counselor like do you so okay so emdr is that your main focus in therapy or do you do like regular talk therapy or do you do yeah so i um in new hampshire i'm a dual licensed therapist so i have my master's licensed drug and alcohol um counseling license and then I have my independent social work license yeah so I don't actually do the coaching anymore Um, okay yeah so I I I focus mainly on counseling people who have co-occurring disorders so a substance use disorder and then a mental health issue going on okay awesome yeah and um the reason why I you know, went big and pursued both licenses is there's definitely this, um, separation in the healing of people when they go to treatment of, they have the option to go to mental health treatment and then they have the option to go to substance use treatment, but there's not a lot of programs out there or like any that, that treat both at the same time. Um, and we can't split people. Yeah. We can't be like, hey, Amy, I'm going to treat this <laughs> part of you, but then this part of you, I'm really sorry, but like, I can't. we can't do that. Yeah. No, and that's that what happens in treatments. Sense. And the majority of people that go into addiction treatment centers have severe mental health because those mental health issues haven't been treated. So it's like the patient is the client is mm. self-treating with alcohol, which causes the addiction. Yeah. And you mentioned EMDR. So um, I am an EMDR therapist. And when people come to see me, it's really meeting the person where they're at and what they want their treatment to look like. Um, So if they want to do EMDR, and a lot of them end up like slowly getting there. um, I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. Um, Well, it's intense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, can we explain just briefly what EMDR is for our listeners? Because I know a lot of people, every time I mention it, they're like, what is EMDR? Like, what even is that? Can you explain in a better way than probably I can what EMDR is to our listeners? Yeah. So I'm an analogy person. Um, I like a good metaphor. Yeah. So um, say you are like, like hurrying up to clean something right you have to go someplace your kids are like screaming and you know and so you 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 put everything in a place and you're you know scrambling um but you don't really have the time so when you do emdr essentially what you're doing is you are taking the memories in a traumatic event have been stored incorrectly or Um, in an ineffective way and that is due to when you're in your fight or flight response Mm -hmm. Um, so that's like fight flight freeze and fawn as well 
Um, so when that traumatic event happens, you don't really have the moment to process the event because your body is, is reacting because we have that, that mind body connection. Um, so it'd be kind of like you, um, come back into your kitchen and you take everything out of the cabinets and then you sort through it and then you put it back in, in the right place and everything is organized. And it's not that you... When you do EMDR, it's not that you're you're gonna have amnesia and not remember that this thing happened to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, if only we could do that with some things, you know. <laughs> um, but what it is gonna do is it's gonna desensitize you to reprocess that. the memories. Yes. Yeah. And then your body doesn't have the same reaction. Exactly. Because yeah. you've healed it out of I had your my body. First breakthrough this last few months ago it was like the first time I thought of this like super traumatic sexual memory as like a child and all of a sudden like it was just like in the middle of my session I just started bawling because I didn't feel any type of body reaction I didn't mentally like freak out on the inside I didn't panic like it was the first time that like I thought of it and it was blank yeah like it, it was like a memory like that was it there was no yeah visceral that- body reaction yeah, and it's, a, it's an amazing thing to see. I will admit, um, like disclose, I have done EMDR before. And something in becoming a therapist that was really important to me is I never wanted to feel like a hypocrite. Mm. So I like used my my becoming a therapist. I mean, that came out of like my own issues and my own healing. Yeah. Um, but I always, I always will, I will never suggest to a client to do something that I haven't tried myself. Yeah, mm. I love that. Um, yeah. And so that has been like a, a huge motivation. It's amazing to see it click for people, especially like people that have had significant things happen. Like mm. you were, you were, um, alluding to, and it's just amazing to see that, that click for them. And yeah. especially when they've tried so many things, other things, that was me. I was like about to like, just fucking throw in the towel. I was like done. Yeah. It was like affecting my marriage and the way that I parent and just so many things like, just would fucking set me off and that was like it was it emdr was like the last thing and it was because she had suggested that i try it because she obviously had been through it first yeah i did emdr when i was five years sober i was like messing everything up in my life and my childhood sexual trauma was just like ruling every decision that I made because no matter how many times I did a fourth step or you know me personally like the work that I was doing in 12-step work just wasn't enough to like get me to heal those deeper things that didn't have anything to do with my addiction like that's the thing right like we're trying to treat these traumas or you know you come in you with an addiction and not realizing that you have all these underlining issues that are actually causing the addiction and the addiction is just a symptom of yeah the shit well and like addiction and alcohol use drug use whatever food sex whatever process addictions we don't talk a lot about those like gambling Mm. um anything even the gym shopping 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 is a serious problem netflix tv escapism escapism binging yeah and that's a form of dissociation and so when you go to see if you are ready to actually start the processing of emdr um, we do an assessment of you to see what your dissociation scale is. Um, and, you know, addiction is just a form of dissociation. So I, I firmly believe that all of these issues with um, 
addiction come from some sort of trauma or some sort of othering feeling different um and you know the quote like the opposite of addiction is connection and um I know for myself for other people that you know you feel different so then you reach to some for something to make yourself feel whole but Mm. when that thing is not going to make you feel whole exactly that's exactly how I feel you just said it perfectly in my mind (laughs) I think we should I you know it's a it's important for us like as what our podcast is mission and I know we talked about this is like what got you here like what for you personally like as a woman like made you go towards the holistic like healing I want to heal the world and be a social worker and not make millions of dollars and like give my whole life to like giving back to people you know with trauma and 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 it takes a special people it takes special people to fulfill these roles and to be able to like wake up every day and be like I want to sit in a room and share my energy with you to help you heal and not only that like you did years and years of college and paid a lot of money and are probably in big debt to like you know to give back to this purpose so yeah I was trying to think about that on the drive here of like and it's funny I I always try to remember why I went to grad school because all the debt um (laughs) and honestly it just like this sounds kind of silly but it just happened like I just turned around and I was like oh my gosh I'm in grad school to be a social worker and my background I went to undergrad for um marketing and PR so this was not the path that that I was planning yeah no (laughs) um and so I think I think I was meant to do this work. I think that's the first, the first reason behind it. Um, And then I think I, I remember as a kid, um, I was a very energetic child, like very, I would describe myself as a very, very happy child. And um, like I would get in trouble in school for dancing in the hallway and like singing in the class, which I understand now is like disruptive to teachers. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't help myself, you know? Um, and so, but I remember um, along around that time, um, the adults in my life started to really like tell me to rein it in. And mm. um, that really had a strong impact. And I think, it was just recently in the last few years that I've started to like get back to that person. And we talk on the therapy world a lot about like, like inner child work and Mm. um, something also that I really like to pull into my practice is parts work. So looking at like, we, yeah. So, um, so parts work is like looking at like, as people, we have many different parts of ourselves and how do we heal each individual part of ourselves? And then we have ourself, which is like our soul, our, like who we truly are. I love that. Yeah. I've done some of that work. It's like, you have these like pieces of your life almost that you're like, well, I can accept all of this, but like this little tiny piece, like I'm really like not okay with the certain Mm. behaviors that came out in this. So just like really like loving and accepting all the parts, all the voices, the inner critic, or like, you know what I mean? And you have all these different roles, like you have the mom role and you have the sister role and you have the daughter role and you have all these parts, but there might be some that are, you're like a little less like in love with. Mm -hmm. So you almost like try to stick it to the back a little. 
Yeah, That's like thinking about in the 12-step program, they talk about um, character defects, right? Yeah. So, which I know I'm not a huge fan of like that The language. Title. Yeah. But if you think about it, like defects. those are parts of ourselves. Yes. Right? And how do we heal? And, and who we, and who, like that's what makes us, you mm-hmm. know, good, bad, or. And it's all one and they're all a part of our soul. There is no different yes. piece of us, but we want to have some sort of separation. Like, oh, that yeah, that was me, but that was only me when I was doing these certain behaviors. It was like than... survival, right? Like, the, I feel like some of our character defects were like survival mechanisms. It's like I had this one thing keeping me doing this right thing or like only doing this to protect me in this way and it's like as soon as we start to open up our mind to the idea of that like oh we can change those things or we can become more aware of them and try to fix the behavior it's different than just like labeling ourselves as like egotistical or you know lazy or not determined all of these things that you had to li- we had to like list out selfish self-seeking you know yeah, yeah and that that thing that you're describing of like in the trauma keeping myself safe like that is a part that's created in that moment kind of like have you ever seen um inside out before yes the movie yeah so cute so they're talking about like emotions in that movie and like each character is an emotion but if you think about it like that's kind of like our parts too is that we have these little these little beings yeah (laughs) um yeah and so i so i i think that I started this work out of the the goal and intention of getting back to myself and getting back to that like little child that um was just like so full of life and and energy and um and so when I started going to school I kind of just like fell into like addiction work and it felt really like good and natural to me and um, and then when I, when I thought about starting a practice, I, I wanted it to be a place where like you, like I said before, you determine what your healing is going to be. And also like using different modalities for that healing Yeah. because it never made sense to me to, for like, okay, I'm going to be a therapist that practices this one type of therapy, yeah. like cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Like I'm not that doesn't make sense to me because I'm missing out on so many different things. And so how do I pull in my yoga teacher experience? How do I pull in um, like breathing and meditation? How do I pull in? um, I I'm kind of addicted to achievement. So I also used to be a health coach. So how do I pull in that like healthy eating and lifestyle into the work I'm doing with people, Um, which I think is just so, important for also people who are newly sober all of those things are are missing yeah lacking for sure I it's so like as you're talking I'm like thinking of my therapist Brecken I think you two would really hit it off like I want (laughs) to connect you I swear to god because she does the same thing like she brings all of these other practices into her one EMDR practice right but she talks to me about health and fitness and my mindset and yoga and having routines and she's not only helped me obviously with trauma but just like lifestyle like living as a a a responsible adult yeah and i i I think it was mentioned on maybe mentioned on the podcast before but um the aces the adverse childhood experience Mm -hmm. um and thinking about like trauma doesn't only have that impact on your brain it also has an impact on your physical health it Mm -hmm. has an impact on your um 
relationships. It has an impact on so many things. And to address those things, also to prevent those things with kids, meeting their basic needs. Um, so meeting our basic needs and addressing, you know, all of our needs. Yeah. Like I said before, we can't split a person. No, yeah. that makes so much sense. And I think it's just like important for people to realize that trauma just comes in so many different levels and that every, I talked about a little bit on like my social media that every single person has trauma. And if we're not like aware that we're like having these things and these behaviors, you're just causing yourself more trauma. Yeah. Like everybody has trauma. Yeah. Yeah. We all dealt with some, some type of whether in your mind it's big or small, it's still trauma. I, I hate when it's like when people try to minimize their situation, if, if especially like sponsees. Like if I used to work with sponsees and I would tell my story and then they would be like, oh, well, my story is like not that bad. Like I don't have that much trauma. It's like, girl, don't minimize it. Like trauma is trauma. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you think it's big or small. It, it, it significantly like significantly impacted you. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. If I could write a book on comparison. Yeah. That's one like of my why? favorite topics. It's terrible. That's especially the world that we live in with social media and just all of it. It's like the actual thief of joy. And I feel like so many of us get so trapped in this like unrealistic expectation of what our lives need to or should look like because of social media now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the comparison can definitely keep people stuck. It can keep, it can also, I mean, it has major impacts on people's mental health and um, it's definitely, a de- it's a challenge living in our world. And yeah, like you said, like no one doesn't have some sort of traumatic experience. And I, and I think that is like, I, w- I do want to like talk about a little bit about like stigma. And so working in the mental health world, I... And the reason why I kind of left my job and wanted to start a practice is um, working in the mental health field, there's definitely like a stigma about addiction and substance use as practitioners. There's like among the providers, there's a stigma. And then thinking about on the addiction side and addiction treatment, there's definitely a stigma of mental health. Um, And so yeah, how do we bridge those together is really like that's the mission of of my practice and and I want people to be able to connect to themselves and then connect to other people and have that like safe space to do it and not just calling it a safe space like actually making the self safe (laughs) space actually having a safe space yeah yeah that's so important because I think that's very true that a lot of people that have mental health issues because there's not a lot of places for them to go or communities for them to get the proper resources, they are pushed into 12-step programs. And 12-step programs aren't really equipped to deal with people that have these severe significant trauma. trauma. Yeah. yeah, significant trauma because it's like mental health. And then they're like forced into doing this program that's not really supportive of what they need mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'd always describe it's a band-aid yeah yeah i hate to say it like that but like it feels like it's just a band-aid and it's like you, it, there's so much deeper work to be done that's definitely a good stepping stone but it's just it's a band-aid yeah in my opinion i really think so well i think it's also a lot of like people um I'm trying to think of how to say this, but people like need to stay in their lane. 
it's mm. like the only nice way of saying it is like a sponsor is not a therapist just they're like not qualified yeah just like not i'm qualified. not a sponsor i'm a therapist and yeah. so we really need to stick to like um like what is in your scope of practice and and I, I do think that does cause harm in, in the 12-step community is sponsors trying to be a therapist when it should be like a referral. Just like I refer my clients to like, if if 12-step program is what you're interested in, great, let's connect you. Yeah. If that's not what you're interested in, let's find what works for you because yeah. there's so many ways to recover and, and the 12-steps is not the only way to recover. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was going to say, I, I describe recovery to my clients as like a buffet that like, if you're going to a buffet, you're, you're likely not just going to grab the mashed potatoes, like, unless you really like mashed potatoes, but Mm. you're going to want to get all the different types of food and pieces. Yeah. So like yoga, um, therapy, uh, recovery support, uh, peer support worker, um, you mentioned the gym, going to the gym. And then at the end of the meal, you're still going to be full, even though you had all those different things. Love the analogies. I love, love the, the analogies. People can connect to those. That Like when I run recovery yeah. groups um, and like treatment centers, like that's what I do too. Like I have to make it like very relatable to what like meeting people where they're at we have to meet people where they're at right so Mm -hmm. i'm like going into detox bringing sound bowls so i have to like talk about meditation and just like bringing them to like thinking about like not thinking about lunch like stay here in like this room and like just because i know lunch is next right (laughs) so it's like your mind is gonna want to take you like to what's next or to like what's past so i just like bring it and you're just like that's it right like we just have to figure out how to meet people where, where they're at they're at i yeah. love that do you feel like in your recovery that like when did you see yourself needing to like level up or like start to make that change now i'm interviewing you as the therapist yeah, i love it <laughs> so for me it was about it was. It's been like two years, almost two years it ago. It was COVID. It was COVID for Yeah, me. it was COVID for me, but I didn't decide to do anything about it until I think it was like right before my wedding. Um, and then I was like, okay, like I had multiple mental breakdowns. My trauma was coming out significantly. Like I was having panic attacks about my wedding and the idea of like commitment forever and just like my just trauma was like fucking spewing out of me and I just like literally multiple multiple mental breakdowns in like what was supposed to be one of the happiest times of my life and I was like okay like something something's happening like I need to figure this out because I can't live like this and I can't push away an amazing human who fucking loves me unconditionally because of my own shit yeah so so the trauma affecting your relationships yeah I think so because it's just like like 12 step was just so serviceable i mean i i was doing all this work while doing the 12 steps for years you know i did emdr and i did a lot of stuff in aa also like i i was like five years like five years was like five years of doing a million fucking four steps in different yeah in different ways and just like like too much i was just i'm always i'm a seeker even now like you know, I'm 12 years in and I'm like doing, now I'm getting a breathwork certificate. Like I'm never going to stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like wanting to level up. Yeah. 
Yeah, healing out of obligation does not work. And no. then like fe- that like feeling of obligation of like being of service. And I, I find that like, yes, being of service in an obligated way kind of keeps you in check because you don't want to step out of line. Um, but well, I feel fear. like, yeah, that's, fear. Yeah, that's what it was. Like, yeah. Fear kept me in that for a really Same. long time. Fear and, and like, identity. Shame. Like, that was my identity. I went through, like, a fucking serious identity crisis when I left the program. Like, I yeah, it, it was, like, a mind fuck for sure. But I think becoming Same. a mom, too, was, like, my – that was my – when I had my son, it was, like, like, something had clicked in me, and I was, like, I can't be this way anymore. Like, I have mm-hmm. to heal for my children. Like, I need to be the parent that I wanted Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to fucking do. And I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to read all the books and I'm going to do all the things. And cause that's how I am. I'm like, if I, if I have an idea that I'm going to do something like that's it, like I'm all in, like it's all or nothing. I'm like an all or nothing person. So I just dove deep into healing and like, what does that look like? What do I need to do? Like COVID happened. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to like be in my home, but I got to figure out what I'm going to still do with my mind. And she was doing like sound baths online. And that's when like you started bringing the sound baths online and the yoga and the yoga classes and my idea of like, okay, maybe I want to try yoga. Maybe I want to be more mindful and sit with self and be okay with self. Cause you did, you started doing things for the community during that time. Like you started going live and, posting those things for us yeah and i and i think that like the root of the the reason why the 12-step program tells you to do service is that like that piece of community yeah and and something that is really important to me is like equitable care for everyone and that healing shouldn't just be like reserved for one type of person yeah that that healing like we all deserve that healing and also like we deserve like to heal in community because we we if we heal alone it's it's not as effective and and we need to heal our communities and you know can you i don't know can you heal alone i know is that like an actual like is that have ever been done before I don't know. I don't Are you? I, I feel like you're uh, pointing something out that I've I've said. No, I know you just said it. You were like, "Oh, can you heal alone?" I it made me think of that. I was yeah, like, like can, can you? you do it alone? I don't. Because I really don't think you can. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I think you. I think you. It the what has been important for me is finding those safe people yeah. to heal with. Yeah. yeah, you need people to heal. Yeah, with. that it's like my biggest thing. You. The only reason why I was able to heal myself, because nobody heals you, right? Like, you know, this is a therapist, a therapist, (laughs) a therapist, that you're not really healing anybody. What you're doing is you're empowering somebody to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. And that's why people think, and that's what we've been taught, that we need somebody to heal us. But it's not that. It's the reversal of that. We just need somebody to show us how to heal ourselves yes and you have to show up you have to show up at phoebe's office you do you have to show up somewhere which means it's you like you're empowering yourself and people like don't i don't think people realize how big of a deal it is to like show up at a place to start healing right to show up at a yoga studio to like do a breath work to do a sound bath to like pick up the phone to like go to rehab to go to treatment like that's you yeah 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 
and um you showing up for you yeah 100 percent. yeah i forgot what i was gonna say we were talking about healing alone i don't know i oh, never know damn. maybe it'll come back and it's you can just brain. throw it back the in brain there. just like yeah it goes someplace yeah <laughs> always it's there because we could only access what like how much percent of our brain it's why because it's like just going through it oh i was gonna say thank you <laughs> i was gonna say it's so funny when a client um is like oh my gosh phoebe thank you so much like they thank me for something or like thank our time together or like the work that we're doing and i'm like i didn't do anything like yeah, I held the space for you. I I showed you that people, professionals can be safe to work with, but yeah. like you did all the work. Like yeah. I'm just here to talk to you and listen. To be a space holder. That's so funny you say that. Like I feel like I'm like, in my mind I keep thinking of Brecken. I'm like, because she saved my life. I like feel like yeah. I owe her my life, but really like I did, did that work. She's just a really good space holder. She's just a really good space holder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, so if you come to my office, I, it's funny, the first office I toured, you had to like go down into this outdoor staircase and you had to like duck your head and like, it kind of like felt like a dungeon, you know, um, (laughs) a healing dungeon. Um, and I was like, "Mm, not the space. Um, so now the space that I, the space I did choose is you walk in and it's like windows are like lining the whole space and the sun comes in and I I wanted it to be bright and I don't know if you've ever airy yeah airy because I I went to a therapist as a kid and the art was like really drab and it was just like dark and old school yeah yeah I I can picture it in my mind I've been to plenty yeah yeah so I really wanted the actual I wanted every part of someone's experience in therapy to be like this is a safe comfortable space for you to come and to talk about whatever you want to talk about yeah um and that's like my biggest thing here yeah like like I feel like you get that vibe when you come in here and that's like all of it ties into it what everyone says when they walk in here they're like wow and when you go in that room there's like people are just I mean, you were just here on Saturday with Jillian's breathwork event, mm-hmm. and there was, you know, 23 people in here crying, screaming, laughing, like doing all of these things together in like in a vulnerable healing yeah. community. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. And yeah. like you have to like that has to be a space. Like when, I mean, we're in Manchester. There's like motorcycles and airplanes. Like, airplanes. And, like, Always hear the airplanes come through. <laughs> all this stuff, and you're literally in like the middle of Manchester. But you walk in here, and you know, it and that feels sanctuary. It's very like, like your living room. Yeah. It's yeah. Very like zen. Your living room. Yeah, the purple. My color's orange, so I get it. Yeah, orange isn't like we because that orange and purple they're both very like calming and grounding. And yeah. Homey. Homey. Like, yeah. Yeah, physical space is definitely important. And neem- set and setting, right? They yep. say it about doing mushrooms, like, or any type of psychedelic. You have to have set and setting, mindset and your setting. Like, it's like you have to come in here willing to do the work, but also the setting helps. Like, feeling safe and calm and the colors and the vibe and the energy and the palo santo burning and just like all of it like it does it plays in like smells are significant one thing for me when i go into brecken's office is she uses like this myers room spray and it's rainwater and every single time i go there i can like breathe because i feel like 
I smell it at the fr- at, a, at like the front door of her building, you know, mm-hmm. it just wafts all the way to the front door. So I like, get there and I'm like, yes, like I'm here and I'm just ready to unload. Yeah. And I mean, that's in the in traumatic experiences, like smells, sounds, yep. those can all be triggering, but also thinking about like, how do we re- replace things? Like, especially when people enter recovery, my favorite topic is hobbies because no one has hobbies because drugs and alcohol were their hobbies. Yep. Um, and so like, what do you like to do? Like s- these positive experiences that we want to reinforce and, and figuring out that's the beautiful thing, figuring out like, who are you? And like, what do you like? Like that yeah. question, what do you like to do? could feel so overwhelming for people. Yeah. <laughs> Still, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's uh, so many things I want to do. Like, I'm like, can I do it all? Like in my mind, like I do I have like a list of all these crazy things like I want to do and I'm like am I just like multi-passionate I feel like I'm just like multi-passionate like you say something I'm like yep that sounds cool I want to try it you know you can do it all I know if you want to do it you can do do it I do know this right like I know this Uh, I feel like I do a lot yeah you do a lot but I think the difference between doing like doing a lot and then like like I was just going to say the difference between doing a lot and doing a lot. But um, <laughs> you know I what I mean. Yeah, I actually I, get what I, you I mean. I actually get it. Because I, it was, you know, I feel like the, a lot of the things I do, I love to do. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like everything that I'm doing doesn't feel like something that I like have to do. Have to do. Like a chore. Right. I just get to do all these things and I enjoy doing them all. But I do a lot of different things it's like the nonprofit and treatment work and yoga and breath work and i ride motorcycle and i go to the gym parenting and I parent <laughs> yeah I, that's just like parent five but that's children. another thing like yeah and i you said most of your listen all of your listeners all the ladies um all the ladies and i think that's like something that's instilled with us is that like we have to do it all but also, like, I think reframing that of, like, yeah. you can do whatever you want to do. Like, mm-hmm. that empowerment. There's, like, a difference, different vibe of, like, you know, you have to do it all versus, like, you get you can do it. You can like, do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Or you whatever can't. The fuck like, you want. if you don't want to, you know? It's like that you can do whatever you want, but you also don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Yeah. So. I'm definitely into, like... um changing like our societal norms with as yeah. among women disruptors like, yes yeah, very disruptors it's in our bio that's what we're doing here yeah. we're questioning and changing societal norms and just the rules are made up the rules are made up the rules are made up yeah it's all up to you anything and everything is possible yeah i think that's it right like we've been taught to believe that like you have to have, like, one set goal or, like, one thing that you're going to, like, be really good at and just, yeah. like put all your focus into that, like, one thing, like, motherhood or whatever you're cre- – if you don't choose motherhood, like, it's, like, this, like, linear, like, path of this, like, one thing. And yeah. if you, like, steer away from that, like, one thing that you, like, originally had your, like, eyes set on, it's, like, now all of a sudden you're, like, discredited or, like – you didn't, you know, you like now it's like this new thing for you, and like you, you don't have, you know what I mean, like this. Again, it's like, like when you're a said. kid and they ask you, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I feel like either some kids know, or some kids feel a lot of pressure. Like me, I was like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. You know, still, it's like to this day, I'm just like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Like I want to do everything. I want to do it all. It's like you don't have to just be one thing, or yeah. you can pick something and you don't have to stick with it. It's another mm-hmm. thing. You go to college. You get a degree in something, you don't even fucking do anything with it. Like, it's okay. Yeah. 
yeah, our paths are not linear. And I, and I think I am someone that, um, I kind of, I, I like things to be in order and know what's happening, but like life is not like that. And I think I've done a good job of just letting things flow the way they're supposed to flow. And then looking back, it's such a beautiful thing of like, Oh, this all got set up for me to be where I am now. Like it all makes sense. Like everything is, I believe everything is intentional. Me too. So. And on purpose. Yeah. And there's no mistakes. No mistakes. And no I think coincidences. Believing that or trusting that when something really shitty happens in your life, like recently something really shitty happened in my life, and I was like, oh, okay, this hopefully is just like opening up the door for something better. Or a lesson. Mm-hmm. Lesson yeah. or a blessing. Yeah. I say that if once you make that shift where no matter how shitty the situation is, that you're like, well, this is happening for me. Yep. It's not happening to me. Like, it's yeah, happening for me the and for the greater good. <laughs> it's happening for me and it's for the greater good. Because, like, if I'm in the universal flow, yep. if that's, like, how I want to live my life, like, you know, doing all these things, like, connected to the universe, connected to you, connected to everyone, then I just have to trust yep. that, like, even when these things are happening where I'm, like, it doesn't make sense, nothing actually makes sense, and I just don't really understand why... I'm just like, okay, I know that it's happening for me. Mm. And if it's happening for me because of who I am and what I do and what I give back to the community and all these things, that it's for the greater good. Yep. Because that's my intention. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how I became a therapist. I love it. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been, how long have you been, like, in it in your new practice? Or it's not a new practice, right? So I actually so i um started my practice alongside a full-time job which i highly recommend and don't recommend at all um yeah you had dreams <laughs> you get girl. quite tired yeah. yeah um and it was worth it um and so last week i just went full-time with my practice oh my gosh congratulations thank you wow. yeah it's like yeah. a celebration yeah. it's a celebration okay so you yeah. quit your full-time job what was the full-time job um, so I work in harm reduction and I'm still working part time doing that. Um, and, and that's something that's really important to me. Um, like you mentioned set and setting, um, that is a harm reduction practice of, you know, there's, there's just so many like things that we can do to reduce harm, especially if people aren't ready to stop using. Mm. And I don't think I mentioned that yet of like, so my practice, I definitely use a harm reduction focus of, you know, we know that forcing someone into treatment doesn't work and and people need to be ready and i think it's also like like totally arrogant to think that we can force people to do things Mm, just because they have a substance use issue um like they're people this is their life path they get to make their choices like my clients are the experts in their life i again am not doing anything i'm just there to like keep the space for them um so harm reduction has been a huge um a huge thing in my work as a therapist and and looking at ways to reduce the suffering um in people's lives i love that i love that too i know i've been so i've been it's been four or five months that i've been working at this treatment center and there's this you know there's the people that like come in and and that's what you have to say to them it's like are you done? Like, and it's okay if you're not. 
-hmm. like there's other options right like and it's just like and then they're like constantly doing this cycle of like being in and out and just like not feeling good about their decisions yeah right like not feeling good about like this cycle of like con- yeah. like going in a 30 day and then out for two weeks and I then back in the 30 that. day and then like back out for two weeks and it's like there has to be this is it right like there's just yeah. like other options and I think that's what people don't realize right because we're just yeah. like taught that that's like the only way that they don't realize that there's this other option that maybe you can like still smoke marijuana and see a therapist so you don't have to have this like really strict or like be on or like whatever whatever it is that there's this other option of rather than like going into 30-day treatment and like hating the 30-day treatment then you're in this 30-day inpatient and you're miserable and then you get out and you go and excessively use and I feel like that's also probably a way that a lot of people have overdoses because they get completely cut off or whatever it is yeah yeah so yeah harm reduction I I think what I have seen is that people who are choosing to still use drugs or alcohol are kind of um set aside and and it's kind of like we say as a society or even as like the recovery world that like you are only worthy of care when you're ready to stop mm. and 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 people are worthy of care regardless of their choice yeah. of using or not using yeah Amen. yeah i love that i was listening yeah. to a podcast this morning about harm reduction and the new therapy protocols about psilocybin and all of this and how like Oregon and there was like one other place that's like they're doing like studies right now yeah is it Colorado there's two places right now that they're they have labs and there's therapists there and they're and they're doing like set and setting and harm reduction with psilocybin and drug addicts specifically like seeing how it impacts their life in a way like like long-term IV drug addicts I was listening to like a whole podcast this morning on it on the Huberman podcast mm. and uh, it was very interesting and I just I wonder if that were ever to come into like fruition here in New Hampshire like become legal is that something that you would have an open mind on is like harm reduction with psilocybin in like microdose form and helping addicts in that way as like harm reduction big question putting me putting me on the spot i know no, i Sorry. love it I put mean, me on the spot that's, what, that's yeah. the age we're coming into no, yeah. right now like it's it's plants. starting to plants yeah it's starting to really become a thing no yeah so um i'm part of an emdr group of therapists and one of the therapists does do um she does ketamine therapy with yep. um individuals and so she doesn't distribute the ketamine obviously yeah. um but I think for me, I definitely look at the person because we're not all the same. And what works for for me doesn't work for you. And I think it's working with someone in a supportive way to find what works for them. So thinking about psilocybin, like if that works for you and your mental health is in a place where that is, it's working and it's supportive, that's awesome. Yep. Will I I personally ever practice that? That's not the type of therapist I am. But like I like will help you figure out what works for you. I agree. I think it's not for everyone for sure. And that's what they kept saying, right? Like if you have these, you'd have to like figure it out slowly and work with a therapist to figure out if this is the right harm reduction for you to try. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, harm reduction is um, 
practical and evidence-based strategies to reduce the harm associated with drug use. And so um, there are so many different harm reduction practices. I mean, even like getting people reliable, safe housing is a form of harm reduction. Um, I know you talked to Jess on the podcast, having access to single use syringes that you're not, you don't have to share. You don't have to use multiple times yourself. That's a form of harm Mm -hmm. reduction. Um, so I think it's really, and it's funny, like when I talk to people about harm reduction, they'll be like, well, do you have like a set of like, like this will work for me because it worked for this other person. I'm like, no, like we need to find what works for you as an individual. I think that's the also other piece of that. Like, other people go to therapy and they're like so excited that like this worked for them and then they tell their friends about it and then they go and try a certain thing and then it doesn't really work the same way and then it's like yeah. oh well I'm not going to go try this other thing because like somebody told me to do this and it didn't work mm-hmm. and I think that that's really like an important issue to know that like this isn't a one like healing isn't a one size fits all like yeah. it's about you figuring out what's going to work for you and you may have to try five different things to get to the thing that's gonna actually you know help you get better right do you see that like do you have like yeah i mean therapy is like dating like you need to find the person that's right for you and i was just gonna say like maybe it doesn't work out once but that's not to say that it won't work out again if you try it years later because that's what happened with me and emdr the first time i did Mm -hmm. it i wasn't mentally ready or willing or like in a like just good mindset to do that Mm -hmm. And then, like, a year and a half later, I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like, now I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Now I'm willing, you know? Yeah, EMDR only works if you are open to it. Yeah. So if you came to me and you were, like, closed off to the idea, you're like, this isn't going to work. Okay, yeah, it's not going to work. It's definitely not going to (laughs) work. Yeah. And I can't do anything to make it work. Like, again, I'm not doing anything. I'm only holding the space. And, um, yeah, for therapy, you have to have buy-in. Like, if you come to my office, and I've I've experienced this at times with people, is they want me to fix their problems, or they want me to be the person that they can, like, project their problems onto. And, and I think that's a total natural behavior that people have. Um, however, it's ineffective, and, and I can't fix your life. Like, I yep. can't fix your marriage I can't fix like your um, addiction like I can support you in healing those things but you have to do the work and therapy is really hard work it It is is. it's really you have to take the suggestions you have to like you're not just gonna go once a week and like sit in a room for an hour and you're gonna like be healed that's the other thing it's like the same thing with yoga or like anything going to the gym it's not like you're just gonna like show up at these places and you're gonna like take this class and like expect to go home like this healed person no it's like homework it's like understanding yourself and knowing like your inner workings and like sometimes it takes like somebody to like sit down with you and be like okay well you act this way and you know I do private sessions here and like private healing sessions and that's what it's about it's just like me being like okay like why are you doing that like what is this behavior like I don't know I don't know why you're going home and doing these things I don't know why you're showing up this way you need to figure it out I'm gonna help you figure it out in like being quiet and like having sound and like with movement and like you can have this safe space where you're gonna start to think about why you're doing these things yeah but I I don't fucking know I don't know why you're doing it yeah it's a mystery yeah 
and it's a mystery <laughs> but it's everyone's mystery everyone's and, mystery like every single person knows it like in and i think that that's the other thing right like we all know what the thing is and mm. we just like don't have a place that we can go and feel safe and have a safe space holder yeah and i, I and in part you have to create that space for yourself too yeah you have to allow yourself to heal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Thinking about like trauma are like if you have are someone who's in recovery from trauma, your default is probably like uncomfortable experiences like those like shitty experiences are probably more yeah. comfortable than like being happy. And like yeah. that's oh, uncomfortable, the chaos. you know? Yeah. Chaos the chaos. Too. Like I still like that's like one of my. <laughs> Again, I don't want to call it character defects, but I just, like, love chaos, and I thrive in chaos sometimes. But also, like, sometimes it doesn't feel good anymore to do that, where Mm. I'm like, okay, this actually doesn't feel that great. Like, I actually do want to start planning my life and planning my day and not thrive in chaos throughout the day, especially, like, as a stay-at-home mom. I'm just like, no, I actually do want to get up earlier and actually do want to have a routine and actually do want to have a little bit of order in my life. Yeah, it's creating it for yourself. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that might be coming with age and just, like, growing up and fucking maturing, but I don't know. Maybe healing, too. Maybe a little of both. <laughs> I think it might be a little bit. Yeah. But that's the other thing, right? We we need structure. Yeah. We as human beings need routine and structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why, I mean, sober living works really well for people that are yeah. newly sober is there is a, a lot of structure, and, and I... I, I don't know how they do it. There's so many rules. Um, but but it is, it's helpful to people to create that structure and order. It's kind of like being reparented. And like a lot of therapy and a lot of healing is reparenting yourself. I know you mentioned having kids and, and wanting to be a different parent. And and I see, I, I, I work with a lot of mothers and this process of them when they are parenting their kids, also reparenting themselves. Yeah, I'm healing my own inner child every single day, I feel like, mm-hmm. just in different experiences with my children, which is, like, the most beautiful gift that I get to have through them. Yeah. I really feel that way. I know I was talking about it tonight about, like, because I have my, my older foster daughters, and they're 16 and 17, and I'm like, man, I really wish I had a me when I was their age. You know, <laughs> yeah. could you imagine, like the best being six yeah so I was just like saying that I that I wish that I had a me you know just can you imagine so that's like my goal now is like as a mom and like you know you know I got teenagers when I didn't have like the lead up to teenagers so I'm like really trying to figure it out so that's like really tough but you know they're graduating and doing prom and driver's license and and all the things so I'm just trying to like remember that what it was like to be that yeah. age that's so fun though i can't wait for stuff like that yeah like yeah, i can't wait for sports fun. and all of it like to have friends over the reparenting it's definitely because yeah. like our generation our parents like didn't know like i think that's been my biggest healing right because some of like my deepest wounds are obviously like our parent yeah. wounds white right and so reading the four agreements listening to the four agreements and and just like realizing the programming and that like our parents did the best they could with what they had and they didn't Mm -hmm. know better and it wasn't intentional right like Mm -hmm. it wasn't they weren't intentionally parenting us 
this way. They didn't know how to support us emotionally because that's not what was supported in them. So they have no emotional maturity. Mm. So we're like being raised by people that have no emotional maturity. And now we're in a society where that's becoming the most important thing. I don't know if there's any truth to this, but I, I think of like the millennial generation as a bridge generation. So thinking about like the baby boomers and then thinking about Gen Z and that we are like the ones that are undoing generational yep. trauma so that Gen Z can change the, the world. Gen- yes. Yeah. I literally it's all say on you, it Gen all the time. Z. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys figure it out yeah. for us? Cause yeah. like <laughs> we're like bridging the, yeah, we're yeah. like, you know what I mean? We're doing a lot of work here for you guys to really it's make this fucking It's actually like the shift. truth though. Like I swear to God, we said that in the last episode too. It's like, I think, just COVID and great awakenings and social media, having the tools on your phone and TikTok to learn all these new parenting styles or healing modalities or all these things. Like we as a generation are the ones starting to talk about healing and digging deeper and uncovering shit and generational trauma and healing your inner child and parenting technique, like all this crazy shit that obviously our parents didn't have. You're right. They did the best they could with the best they had. And I will what? say about social media and TikTok, don't diagnose yourself. Don't. Oh, yeah. Don't. <laughs> don't we've all, got, don't we've all seek gone down treatment that there. rabbit hole. Um, yeah. Just like with your sponsor, they're not your therapist. Yeah, but <laughs> exactly. I, I definitely take some, leave some for sure, especially when it comes to like parenting stuff. Mm. My mom sent me a meme the other day because like my mom has like very similar trauma that I had and. Um, she was just like, it takes a very brave person to like break, be the person that like breaks the generational curses. And I was like, you know what, mom, it takes a really brave person to raise the daughter that does it. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. 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 If you're looking, if you and your listeners are looking for another great book, um, mother hunger, I don't remember the author's name right now, but it's a great book about, about your relationship with your mother and it's it's a heavy read i always say my favorite genre is depressing nonfiction. um <laughs> so um it is some depressing nonfiction. No, but no it's a really healing book i i know friends that have also read it and have have greatly awesome i'll um, definitely plug healed. that yeah it's a good book yeah we'll plug it in the thing that's the one that my mom like my mom is like my mom's like a white witch and she's like always been into crystals and like she's a broom above her door and like she she's just like always been it like she would always know like when I was like at my darkest darkest time like she would pick up the phone and like call me and she'd be yep. like I know you're not okay that inner knowing yep yeah my mom was the same yeah so um me and my dad's another story but <laughs> <laughs> me and my mom are good yeah. no I love my dad we actually like it's okay if you have a difficult relationship we definitely do, but yeah, it's been difficult. It's okay. Difficult. Okay. Yeah. Not okay. Like that's great for you, but um, like okay, it's yeah, okay it's accepting to, to accept yeah. it. Yeah, I've yeah. accepted it. So like I, it, me and my dad, I, we talk at least four times a week. But there was a time where we didn't talk for five years. Like I yeah. could not even be in the same room. Yeah, boundaries. Maybe yeah. that's part two of us yeah. talking about boundaries. <laughs> boundaries are so important, and so I think important. it's very hard, especially when it comes to family, because you think that you have to have. Mm. right it's like you have oh i can't cut them off but it's like but you can yeah it's obligation again yeah yeah one of my favorite words obligation um yeah people think that they can't set boundaries with their family they think they can't cut ties with people in their family and i understand that's like a really a difficult and um 
that can really create a wound in people but um you can you can create those boundaries and i think there's also always an option i always say like we think there's like a door a and door b but there's always a trap door like we can find another solution or compromise but i think also like thinking don't compromise your well-being and even if it's family you have to set those boundaries so 100 percent, absolutely yeah i feel like i'm getting to that age too where it's like i don't i will not accept or tolerate bullshit anymore i don't care if we're family or not do you know what i mean like the disrespect like the constant Mm -hmm. fucking disrespect of like my choices as like a parent or whatever it may be you know Mm -hmm. like i just don't have time don't care enough like where were you yeah the past however many you know and people will have judgment about your healing and i would just say like my healing is none of your business like i get to heal the way i want to heal and it's it's my path. I love that. Amen. None of your business. Motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. I believe that. And, and I think that that's like another stigma, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like it is. there's so many judgy, like people that don't understand this like deep healing work that they're like, oh, you're doing that? Like what? It's like, wooey. Like, ooh. Yeah. What did someone at the breath work um, mention something about... Um, like healing spaces and um, kind of like the spiritual bypassing of healing spaces and how we, you know, we just say like, oh, like all like just positive vibes. Love or like and that light. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Love and light. That's what it was. And, and thinking about like, it's okay for th- healing to be messy. It's going to be messy. Yeah. It is not all fucking love and light. That <laughs> no. is not <laughs> it. You are very confused it's and I'm dark. sorry. It can be very dark and, and that's, deep that's a social media thing right like there are people that are like oh just love and like and even when i'm always over here like oh everything's happening for me and to me it does not mean that i am not crying i i should write it on my facebook i was in yoga class i cried for like 10 minutes i didn't even know i needed to cry i literally cried for 10 minutes around yeah. a bunch of people i didn't know i like had mascara running down my face after the yoga class like because it doesn't matter but and like i could have chose to like not let myself cry i could have like sucked it up because yeah. like we're so good at that Held and then in. like oh i need to be loving light because i'm like in a yoga class like no i just fucking let that shit rip yeah. i was like <laughs> yeah that's and like that's they, the best cries they teach like you the in school when you become a therapist to not hand people a box of tissues yes. because it it stops them from crying and it's funny mm-hmm. i was i was somewhere the other day in like a healing circle and someone someone started crying and someone grabbed the tissue box and or everything in me. Yeah. For me, it's the hand. Yeah. Don't. If someone touches yep. me or tries to hug me, it's like, yep. Yep. And I'm the done. woman just stopped crying right away. And I was like, no, no, no. She had more. She had more. So, so she needed to make It's almost bigger. like it's not some. It's not meant to be, but I feel like it almost takes it as like, okay, you can stop now. Like here's a tissue, you know. But it's not meant to be that way. But I feel like we feel that. I feel that way sometimes. Like, if well, a lot of people aren't comfortable watching people cry. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they need it to stop for their own. For them, it's like a. Their it's own like shit. I need you to stop that. Yeah, because it's like people think because that p- person is crying, that's a bad thing, and mm-hmm. that sadness is bad. Like there are no bad emotions. There are difficult emotions, but there are no bad emotions, yeah. and we have to feel them all. And if you're not feeling them all, like that's a conversation for your therapist. Yeah, for sure. Jill even says it like in the beginning, like when she's like, when people are crying, like don't 
touch them. Don't touch them. Like, don't make, don't try to get them to stop. Like, let them make it bigger. I always say, like, in the sound baths and after the sound baths, that, like, if something comes up, like, don't suppress it. Like, you have to make it bigger and you have to feel it. And that's the only way to feel it is to almost make it bigger and not suppress it. Like, it's like, okay, I'm feeling sad. Like, I want to feel as sad as I can in this moment. And I want to make this sadness so big so that way I can just get it all out. Get it out. I'm done. Yep. Shake it out. Yep. Get it out. Get, Get it, it out. out. Feel Get it to it. heal it, baby. Feel it. All right. To heal well, it. yes. If there's one thing that our listeners could hear from you, like one important takeaway or message from this entire interview, what would you want it to be? I would say everything I said in the last hour. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it was like your healing is not other people's business. And mm, also like that. their healing is not your business. Like we need to like focus on ourselves. Like we're so focused on what other people are doing. Yeah. And amen to that yeah. louder for the people <laughs> in the back. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, you know, just like they say, like your opinion of me is none of my business. Yeah, like same. you're healing. Same. Yeah. You're healing. I love that. And, and, and I think also, um, like listening to your gut when you're healing and if something feels off or, you know, you are with a therapist and it's not a good fit, like knowing you can advocate for yourself. Yes. Cause you, you're driving the car. Like we are our own advocates for sure. Yeah. I'm just here to like put the lines on the road for you to keep the car kind of in, in the lane, but but you're driving the car and, yeah. and you're the expert in your life. So you're the expert in your life. I Maybe really that's the that. episode title. You're the yeah. expert in your life. Yeah, that's it. You are. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank We're going to end the same way we started with a nice connecting breath to ourselves, to our healing. One hand on the heart, one hand on the belly. Take a big inhale through the nose. Really fill up, lift up, feel the energy. Your energy. And then let that shit go. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Phoebe. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to what we have to say. It means the world. As always, we want to end this episode by reminding you that we are not medical professionals and we are not giving any type of medical advice. We are simply sharing our experience and solutions. We are here with the intentions of reminding you that you are never alone and that everyone's healing journey is unique to the individual. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms to stay updated. Stay well, sacred rebels. See you next time.